latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you on this Thursday, July the 14th, 2022. Uh, here's a question. While we were spending, as American taxpayers, $56 billion of your hard-earned blood, sweat, and tear dollars sent to the federal government to be used wisely, while we sent $56 billion of those to Ukraine to fight in the proxy war against Russia, China, on the other hand, is still violating its own citizens. The human rights violations are still terrorizing their people. We're going to have a conversation around that today with Reggie Littlejohn, founder and president of Women's Rights Without Frontiers, coming up at 35 past the hour. Uh, Dr. Paul Kengor is going to be on at 15 past the hour to talk about pro-life uh, Democrats. Uh, does that is that still a thing? Does it still exist? What happened to the good old days? We're going to talk about that with Paul Kengor at 15 past the hour. And if you can join us at the top of the next hour, Tito Edwards from BigPulpit.com is going to be on to catch us up on the latest of the Catholic blogosphere. So much in the news, of course. I'm sure you're feeling it. Right now, you can just feel it. As probably you just got out of bed and already you're feeling the 9.1% uh, inflation, highest since 1981. Enjoy that. Hey, the good news is gas is cheaper in Mexico now. So everybody's going there apparently to fill up the gas tank in Mexico as the president down there is encouraging U.S. citizens to come on down and fill on up. Hey, according to the FCC Commissioner Brendan Carr, TikTok is still collecting information on Americans and sending it back to communist China. So I guess log on and make your video dancing of whatever it is you're going to do. Hey, Biden's Department of Justice has uh, announced a task force to keep an eye on those pesky states that do not want to see abortion uh, killing the unborn uh, life in the womb, right? So they put out a, a whole new task force to make sure that those states are really not, uh, you know, prohibiting abortion. In fact, he's even threatening pharmacists that they are to issue contraceptions and abortifacients, and if they don't, it violates federal law. So... A lot going down there for sure. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. And I, for one, am going to go down to Mexico and get mm -hmm. myself some gas. You want me to pick some up for you? Yes, if you could. That'd be fantastic. If you, I guess if you're like in your old stomping grounds. I mean, no, nah, Burbank is still too far. It's way too far. But it's San Diego. <laughs> Everybody in San Diego is lining up at the border right now. Uh, you know what? I can't imagine it would be worth it for, I don't know, 20 cents less or 30 cents less it's to a, go how, down there. How much there. less is it? Let's see here. I, I wrote it down. You it's did write it three twelve a gallon. Versus four seventy eight. Yeah. So it's over a dollar. Listen, so if over you go... Over a buck a gallon. If, okay, but let me let me frame it to you this way. I drive to Canada you're for gonna, a buck a gallon. You're going to change your mind when I tell you that to cross the border, mm -hmm, it's easy, mm -hmm. but to come back into the United States, yeah. you're looking at about an hour to maybe two hours waiting in line to get through customs. But the San Diegans are just staying down there anyway. Ugh, They're I just moving know, down man. into Tijuana. Remember when Tijuana used to be considered like really bad? It, I guess not anymore. It still is. I was there not too long ago. Really? It's, there's mm. nothing to do there. <laughs> Tell that to there's the prostitutes Diego. on the street. It's yeah. a degenerate place. <laughs> Yikes! Uh, cheap stuff there, of course. But whatever. yikes! <clears throat> Speaking of cheap stuff, uh, Adrian, how did your truck uh, fare? 
Uh, no good. Rest in no peace. Good. Rest, rest in pieces. Rest in pace. Yeah, the, I picked up my truck yesterday from the dealership, and within like four hours, it just like died. I was at a red it's light. a record. And the light turns green. And what do you do on green? You go. No, you sputter. You pause. You sputter. And uh, I just like, just like sitting there like, holy moly, I'm just like putting my my foot on the pedal. What did it sound it's like? It's not moving. It was like, go, 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 go. No, it was just making no sound at all. It just yeah. wouldn't go. Nothing would happen. I, I put it in the pedal. Nothing was happening. My money is on a fuel problem. I have no idea. He's not getting fuel to the engine. No mm. clue. That's we'll my money. Out. But let's, What was wrong with the truck to begin with? Oh, I, I just had an oil leak. Oh, so yeah, it's oil pressure. Maybe. Mm, I don't know. Twenty bucks oil pressure, Joe. You All right. Wanna, so you your money's bet? on oil pressure. Yeah. Mine's on a fuel-related problem. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. Twenty bucks. Let's get your mechanic. My money on the line is so on uh, on out. too many problems. Monopoly money, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I think it's really just Adrian not wanting to give back the <laughs> rental truck that he enjoyed for the last month. I'm probably not going to get that. <laughs> oh, All right, let's jump into it. We have a much to talk about today. Join us if you can for all of it and share us with a friend. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee. O virgin of virgins, my mother, to thee do I come. Before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and in your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Thursday, July 14th, and here are your headlines this morning. This one's from the AP, and the headline goes, Mexico returns eight bodies of migrants in Texas truck tragedy. A Mexican Air Force plane landed in, at an airport near Mexico City on Wednesday bearing eight bodies of the 53 migrants who were found dead in a truck in Texas last month. Mexico's Foreign Affairs Ministry said in a statement that the military plane was making a second trip to San Antonio to recover eight more victims. In total, the government planned to return the bodies of 25 of the 26 Mexican victims in accordance with their families' wishes. Reuters reports Tokyo court orders ex-TEPCO executives to pay $95 billion in damages over Fukushima disaster. The Tokyo District Court ordered four former executives of Tokyo Electric Power Company to pay 13 trillion yen, the equivalent of $95 billion, in damages that the operator of the wrecked Fukushima Daiichi, Ichi, Daiichi nuclear plant uh, incurred, the plaintiff's lawyer said. The court judged that the executives could have prevented the disaster if they had exercised due care. The Fukushima Daiichi nuclear disaster, triggered by a tsunami that hit the east coast of Japan in March 2011, was one of the world's worst and generated a massive cleanup for the company, as well as compensation and decommissioning costs for TEPCO. Military.com reports ex-CIA engineer convicted in massive theft of secret info. A former CIA software engineer was convicted on Wednesday of federal charges accusing him of the biggest theft of classified information in CIA history. A sentencing date was not immediately set because Schulte still awaits trial on child pornography possession and transport charges, a charge that he uh, says he's not guilty of. The so-called Vault 7 leak revealed how the CIA hacked Apple and Android smartphones in overseas spying operations and efforts to turn in internet-connected televisions into listening devices. Prior to his arrest, Schulte had helped generate or create the hacking tools as a coder at the agency's headquarters in Langley, Virginia. 
And the Epic Times reports Pennsylvania taxpayers fund 17 LGBT pride events. That sounds like a great use of your tax dollars there, Pennsylvania. The LGBT community needs more visibility, they say. And to make that happen, state taxpayers are spending $90,000 to support 17 LGBT pride celebrations across the state. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is probably one of the cooler saints of the day. It is Blessed Umbert, Master of the Order. Born in 1200, having entered the Dominican Order in Paris, Umbert of Romans, France became the Dominican's Master General in 1254. In this capacity, he advanced his order's missionary apostolate. He also codified the Dominican's distinctive liturgical rite by compiling an authoritative anthology of Dominican practices known as the Humbert Codex. That's referring to, you know, the Dominican Rite Mass and the Dominican Breviary, amongst other Dominican liturgical things. In 1255, Umbert co-authored with the Franciscan Minister General, Blessed John of Parma, a letter to all Dominicans and Franciscans urging mutual friendship between the two orders, which are both, quote, sent by eternal charity to work for the salvation of men, end quote. In 1263, Umbert resigned his office in order to spend the remaining years in prayer and study at the Dominican Friary of Valence. He wrote a manual for homilists, his treatise on preaching, in which he described the work of a preacher as the hunt for souls. He developed this idea further. He observes preachers like keen huntsmen seek sinners of all kinds, souls yet untamed, which they wish to offer as a banquet to the Lord. Umbert's tenure as the head of the order was quite fruitful, resulting in a reorganization and standardization of the order's liturgy, a new addition to the constitutions, improvements in discipline in the order's houses, and the collation of testimony and documents for the cause of canonization of St. Dominic and St. Peter of Verona much of which has formed the basis for the life of the brethren. In addition to writing a commentary on the rule of St. Augustine, Umber also wrote the treatise on preaching that provides a structured and scriptural view of the preaching office. Umbert substantiates his view of preaching with copious scripture citations. One gets the sense in reading his treatise on preaching that Umbert was a contemplative man whose deep, immense immersion in scripture was dy- dynamically linked to his love for those in whom he preached each reinforcing the other. Such a virtuous cycle is possible today as well. You're hearing that, preachers? Quote from the homily of St. Umbert, though, though the Lord give a great grace to everyone whom he calls to religious life, and even greater grace to those whom he calls who are not clerics, he seems to give the greatest grace of all to those whom he calls to be lay brothers in the order of the friars' preachers. He died in 1277, blessed Umbert, master of the order. Pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. For my yoke is easy and my burden light. The Gospel of the Lord.
Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Ignatius Catholic Commentary points out Jesus evokes wisdom's invitation to the humble in the Old Testament in Sirach 51. Wisdom calls, draw near to me in Sirach 51.23. Put your neck under the yoke in 51.26 and see with your eyes that I have labored little and found for myself much rest in 51.27. These parallels reinforce Jesus' self-identification as wisdom in 11.19 and here in this gospel. Now, uh, what I always think about is Jesus' own words about one greater than Solomon is here. And when we think back on King Solomon when it comes to the yoke, we think of his son. And in 1 Kings chapter 12, starting in verse 3, it says, And they sent and called him, and Jeroboam and all the assembly of Israel came and said to Rehoboam, which is the son of Solomon, the new king, he says, Your father made our yoke heavy. Now, therefore, lighten the hard service of your father and his heavy yoke upon us, and we will serve you. He said to them, Depart for three days, then come again to me. So the people went away. Now, what did he do? Rehoboam, the new king, the son of the great wise King Solomon, what did he do? He went to his frat bros, and he asked them for advice. And here is the, here is the result, starting in verse 10. It says, And the young men who had grown up with him said to him, Thus shall you speak to this people who said to you, Your father made our yoke heavy, but do, but do you lighten it for us? Thus shall you say to them, My little finger is thicker than my father's loins. And now, whereas my father laid upon you a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father chastened you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. Think about that today. So if one is greater than Solomon here, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, then what is his yoke in comparison to Solomon's yoke? It is a burden that is easy. It is light. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And everything that Solomon wasn't, our Lord and Savior is. That's the message he's sending to those first century Jews. And they would have received that message very clearly. Uh, in Hadock's commentary, St. Bernard says that our Savior sweetens by the spiritual unction of his grace all the crosses, penances, and mortifications of religious souls. St. Austin owns that before he knew the power of grace, he could never comprehend what chastity was, nor believe that anyone was able to practice it. But the grace of God renders all things easy. So, do we depend on our own power and will? Our own wisdom and capability or that of our Lord and Savior Jesus. For his yoke is easy, his burden light. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Paul Kangor is next. Some time back, I had a chat with some Jehovah Witness ladies, and they made the assertion that the first Christians didn't believe Jesus was God. That belief was a later invention. But is this true? No, it's not. Leaving John 1-1 off to the side for now due to disputes with Jehovah Witnesses over its translation, John 20-28 records the Apostle Thomas saying to Jesus, which literally translates from the Greek, the Lord of me and the God of me. John says of Jesus in 1 John 5.20, This is the true God and eternal life. Paul writes of Jesus in Colossians 2.9, For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. It doesn't get any clearer than that. 
There are many more passages, but these suffice to show that the first Christians did believe that Jesus was God. I'm Carlo Brusord with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. So many of us carry such heavy burdens. Come on, babe. It'll be fun. It's just you and me. Deep within, we struggle because sin separates us from God. But thanks to the grace of confession, God compassionately listens, forgives, and sets us free. So if it's been a while since you've been to confession or mass, come home and experience a fresh start. Visit catholicscomehome.org. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Going to be a jam-packed show today, in fact. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Reggie Littlejohn, founder and president of Women's Rights Without Frontiers, is going to be our guest to talk about the ongoing human rights violations happening in China right now. Forced abortion, still a thing there. Forced uh, sexual slavery for women, in particular, is... A thing there. Um, organ harvesting, religious persecution, uh, the lockdown of Shanghai. Was it because of COVID or was it because Xi Jinping was trying to send a message to his opponents so that he could win yet another election there? Hmm. Reggie Littlejohn's going to be on at 35 past the hour to conversate about that. Joining us right now uh, by phone is Dr. Paul Kengor, poli sci professor at Grove City College. Good morning to you, Dr. Kengor. Hey, Joe. How are you doing? Praise be to God. I'm alive and that counts. How are you? <laughs> well, I guess I'm alive, too. And I, that's probably about as good <laughs> as you could say about the culture and the country and everything else that's going on nowadays. Well, I'm just enjoying that 9.1% inflation since 81. I mean, it's just so good, you know? Great, isn't it? Yeah. Paying yeah, a premium at the pump is just so fantastic. Uh, let alone... You know, I... I yeah, it, it's I, I, rented, I rented a car a couple days ago, and, and I did it online. And I, I was absolutely shocked yeah. at, at what it costs. And, and it's the same place that I rent from all the time. Right. And, and I swear it seemed like the price doubled. Mm-hmm. And, 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 it's, and it's for somebody who is hosting me next week in Washington, D.C. To, to speak. And so they're covering my costs. And I thought, uh, I thought man, I, I can't bill them for this. What, right. do, you, what, 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 do, I, what do I do? <laughs> so, I, so I used my points, my, my enterprise points, and, and I had personal points, right? And I yeah. cut about $150 off. And I thought, you know, they're still going to be shocked when they see this. And, and, and I, what am I going to do? I said, well, maybe I won't charge them for gasoline, right? I, and, and you know, and I'm thinking it's maybe this Catholic guilt thing, right? And, and, and but but I, I, will they not have me back if they see? Will they will ask me to fly instead? I don't want to fly. It's only a four and a half hour drive, right? Yeah. Take me probably seven hours to fly there from right. the airport. But 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 it's just you're seeing it absolutely everywhere with everything, and and uh, yeah, it's 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 just terrible. Yeah, it is uh, bizarre. To be sure. But let's talk about uh, the pro-life Democrats. You have an article out over at Crisis Magazine. Headline says, Meet America's Worst Catholic sen- Senator. Now, when I went through this article, you know, the first thing I thought is, you know, uh, a lot of times you will meet people who will reminisce romantically about the good old days of pro-life Democrats. Was that really a thing, Dr. Paul Kingor? Well, it was. And, I mean, look, at one time, Ted Kennedy 
was 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 a pro-life democrat um you know he 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 was pro-life in the early 70s and then he switched very quickly by the late 70s and early 1980s and and the whole party did and then, then it became this sort of gradual shift at first even even joe biden i mean joe biden supported the hyde amendment it, when it was first introduced in 1977 to as late as I got to think about this. When was it? When was the split? I, it was July 2019 in, in Atlanta, I believe. And under badgering, hounding, sobbing, crying, wailing, screaming from Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris, even before she was his running mate, um, Biden flipped under pressure. And and there's something that happens, Joe, with with these people. As soon as, as soon as they flip. It just becomes this gradual coarsening that quickly gets worse and worse. And and from Biden, he went from being, you know, kind of a somewhat abortion moderate in the eighties, who I'd have to look this up, but probably would have gotten a you know, a NARAL uh rating of around fifty, right? To the point where now, you know, they would give him, you know, the you know, the the abortion lobby would give him a one hundred percent, you know, A plus plus plus. I mean he's leading the revolution now. And and you know, and this this has happened with so many of them. The one that I write about, well, actually two that I write about in this article for Crisis, the the late governor of Pennsylvania, Bob Casey, my governor, he was the Casey of Planned Parenthood v. Casey, and he was really the last great pro-life Democrat. Bill and Hillary Clinton refused him from speaking at the 1992 Democratic National Convention, and he warned that you know the the party of the little guy, as he put it, right? The Democratic Party, the champion, the little guy. It was refusing to defend this most innocent and vulnerable among us, the little guy in the womb, the unborn child. So so Casey was really the last pro-life Democrat. And a shocking thing happened here in Pennsylvania in 2006 when his son, Bob Casey Jr., a fellow pro-life Catholic Democrat, ran against probably the best pro-lifer in the Senate, Rick Santorum, and he crushed him. He beat him by, by double digits. It wasn't even close. And, and for us here in Pennsylvania, that was a, a, a terrible loss, but we thought, well, you know, at least Casey Jr., like his dad, is pro-life, right? You know, maybe, maybe this will lead to turning around some Democrats on, on the pro-life issue. But sad to say, ever since that, in 2006, he has just gotten worse and worse and worse, and he's now at the point today where he's no longer pro-life, and, and shockingly, actually, as I see in the article, we probably shouldn't be shocked. A few weeks ago, he came out against the Dobbs decision that, that supported his father wow. in Planned Parenthood v. Casey. So it's, it's really disgrace, mm-hmm. a disgrace, it's disgusting. And it's um, it's very troubling, and it's a sign that that in this party, um, I, I would say in the Congress, you could count on one hand the number of pro-life Democrats. There might be only one or two now left in the entire party. Uh, by the way, Joe Manchin would actually be one of them. He, he's not too bad on this issue. But it, it's um, it's really bad, and it just keeps getting worse, and, and Casey Sr. saw it coming. You know, Dr. Kengor, it's always so surprising when I think about how these people are so disconnected from the fact that abortion really does kill a life in the wound. There's, there seems to be a disconnection there. 
And uh, for me, in 2016, in 2016, that was really a, a catalyst for me to kind of leave the Democratic Party. Um, I'm wondering, you know, I, I see a lot of different uh, articles that will say, well, the majority opinion in the America is that overwhelmingly people don't really care for abortion. And I'm wondering if, uh, if there's going to be a shift somehow, if you anticipate a shift in the Democratic Party to be a little bit more moderate like those pro-life Democrats that we were familiar with in the past. No, not at all. And, and, and in fact, the, the polls that uh, really surprised me the last few weeks are that a majority, pretty solid majority of Americans do not, did not support overturning Roe v. Wade. Mm. And, and I saw that, and it really threw me off. I, I thought, well, wait a second. I mean, the country has definitely become more pro-life. I mean, there's yeah. absolutely no question about this. And, and when you break down those numbers, yeah, the country has become more pro-life. And, and the problem is they don't really know what Roe meant. Or, you, mm. or, or what Roe led to. And if they knew that Roe led to basically the most liberal, open abortion laws in the English-speaking world, and in fact, almost, almost the entire world, other than maybe like China, <laughs> China, <laughs> Cuba, maybe, if, if, if they knew that, they would think about it differently. And if they actually read Alito's uh, majority opinion and Dobbs and so forth, I mean, they would know that, that Roe was absolutely not constitutional. There's absolutely no question. So I think what most people were saying in that poll is, you know, well, let's just kind of move on, right? Uh, but, but, but by and large, people have become pro-life. But the Democrats, they're going to read that as, oh, yeah, America is with us on this, right? They, too, Americans, likewise, did not want Roe v. Wade overturned. So for them, they're going to double down on this which is why we have our Catholic president you know, trying to right now get Congress to nationalize abortion law, which, um, which, which uh, Casey, Jr., or Casey Jr. likewise would have worked. By the way, uh, Robert Casey Sr. said, and this is an exact quote, um, abortion, it is a, it's a unique kind of killing, for the motive may not be homicidal. It may be done in ignorance of what is actually occurring. But as an objective fact, this is what abortion is. And so mankind has always regarded it. Only our current laws say otherwise. So he compared it to homicide. In fact, he compared it to the Holocaust. He compared it to slavery. And, and that, that line that I'm quoting is from a speech that he gave in March 1993 outside the old historic courthouse in St. Louis, which was the original site of the Dred Scott trial, which denied the humanity of an entire group of, of human beings, namely black Americans. And he was making the point that, that Roe v. Wade denied the humanity of an entire group of people that is unborn human beings. But, but, but Democrats are, are doubling down on that. They're not going to change. They're, they're just getting worse. And it's at the point where there is no way that somebody running for the president of the United States, and this is what Joe Biden learned in, in July 2019 when he flipped it even the Hyde Amendment, um, you cannot get the party's nomination for president without being an absolute abortion extremist mm. on this issue. We only have a few minutes left with Dr. Paul Ken Gore about his article over Crisis Magazine. And um, one thing that came to my mind is, you know, I have got issues with the Republican Party, too. Uh, but when it comes to the Democrats, I think back, you know, the Democratic Party seems to have changed so significantly since Governor Casey passed and his son sort of took over uh, in his legacy. 
Um, now they embrace the gender issues, they, uh, the destruction of traditional marriage, uh, abortion, and a, and a host of other really uh, big issues. As Catholics, why don't we divide upon Catholic faith? I mean, like, we don't divide along on what we believe or don't believe. We divide upon Republican versus Democrat. Why do Catholic politicians seem to have more fealty and loyalty to their party than to Christ and to his church? Well, well, they do, and and, and that, that's exactly what's going on. In fact, I could probably look it up and, and, and nail this down specifically, but it might have been almost on the day that, that, that Casey made that, Casey Jr. made that statement against his father in Planned Parenthood v. Casey, that he was um, walking at a, at a gay pride event in, uh, in Philadelphia, which is something that, you know, his father you know, certainly wouldn't have done. In fact, when his father... Uh, made that statement that I just quoted in 1993 that was just a couple years away from the Defense of Marriage Act when pretty much, you know, 75, 80% at least, uh, higher than that, of all Democratic senators voted in favor of the Defense of Marriage Act, which defend, which defined, which defined marriage as between one man and one woman. Um, Bill and Hillary Clinton both supported traditional marriage. Um, Barack Obama did when he was running for office in, in 2008. Now they've all flipped on that. If, if there were, if there was any Democrat out there running for national office in 2022 who was against same sex, uh, who was against same sex marriage, there's no way they get nominated. Yeah, they get labeled a bigot, a hater, fanatic, you name it. So, so there's this general coarsening across the board on all of these cultural issues and, and, and you know, it's abortion, all the LGBT sexual moral stuff, it's across the board. Yeah, and Republicans more and more are going down the same road. We have issues with them too on that and they're not defending marriage anymore. I mean, it's kind of crazy. But at any rate, Dr. Paul Ken Gore, thank you for your time today. The article is uh, a good, good one over at Crisis Magazine. It's entitled Meet America's Worst Catholic Senator. CrisisMagazine.com. Dr. Paul King Gore, God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks, Joe. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Reggie Littlejohn is up next. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Money, sex, power. They're all endlessly enticing, but never fulfilling. They always lead to a dead end. Materialism cannot satisfy. Pleasure loses its pleasure. And most people figure that out. And in desperation, they look anywhere for help, except to the church. They look to Eastern philosophies, to spiritualism, to strange new religions. But there's only one answer to their eternal questions. They deny it, they dance around it, they run from it, but they won't try the one thing that works. They won't try it because they know what it costs. Everything. It means taking up your cross and following Jesus in all things. G.K. Chesterton says, The Christian ideal has not been tried and found wanting. It has been found difficult and left untried. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Ave Maria School of Law is the Roman Catholic Law School in the U.S. Consistently ranked in the Princeton Review as one of the best and most conservative law schools, as well as pre-law's most devout law school. Ave Maria School of Law provides a traditional legal education while placing an emphasis on how the law intersects with the Catholic intellectual tradition and natural law philosophy. Ave Maria School of Law, unabashedly Catholic, consistently excellent. For more information, AveMariaLaw.edu. 
Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now more headlines. This one from Just the News is a bit of a, a good news story here. Officials from Russia, Ukraine, and uh, uh, meet in Turkey to negotiate possible grain export deal. Military delegations representing Russia, Ukraine, and Turkey met with United Nations officials in Istanbul to discuss re- resuming exports of grain from Ukraine. Diplomats involved in the discussion say the deal would involve Ukrainian vessels guiding grain ships through mined port waters and Russia agreeing to a truce while the ships move, as well as Turkey with the support from the UN, playing the role of ship inspector to diminish Russian concerns of weapon smuggling. The AP reports India raids second Chinese mobile company this month. Indian investigators have raided an Indian subsidiary of uh, subsidiary rather of a Chinese smartphone maker Oppo, accusing it of evading customs duties totaling to 43.9 billion rupees, which is the equivalent of 50, uh, 551 billion dollars. Let's see here. Sorry, my screen jumped here. 50, uh, 551 million dollars. That is. Citing security concerns, India has also banned more than 300 Chinese mobile apps and has tightened rules on Chinese government uh, investments in India. The actions underscored the top scrutiny of Chinese companies following the Himalayan border standoff between the two armies uh, that resulted in 20 Indian and four Chinese soldiers being killed. And the Epic Times reports body cam footage shows motorist giving officer a lift to pursue a suspected car thief and they catch him. On June 18th, a license plate camera located a stolen car and two officers responded. Dashcam footage shows both policemen intercepting a male suspect in a red Ford Focus. The man got out and led officers on a foot chase for about half a mile through a neighborhood. But with Texas temperatures soaring in the high 90s, one officer, Corporal John Porter, fell behind. His partner, Officer Samuel Brown, continued the pursuit. A bystander in his car then stepped up and led Porter a lift. Body cam footage shows the motorist offering a ride, the officer accepting, and him getting into the back seat. Within 20 seconds, they caught up with Officer Brown, who, despite having just one arm, had taken the suspect to the ground and was placing him in handcuffs. The chief uh, acknowledged the citizen's actions and presented him with a token of, of appreciation, saying, It's not every day that someone jumps in and lends a helping hand like this. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Joining us right now uh, via telephone is Reggie Littlejohn. She is the founder and president of Women's Rights Without Frontiers. Good morning to you, Miss Littlejohn. Good morning. Thank you for having me on. Praise be to God. We're grateful for your time today. You know, I was just uh, just thinking about how much money we have spent in Ukraine uh, to in this proxy war with Russia, while at the same time, you know, what are the much greater and bigger threat is still China. And uh, we're, we seem to be distracted somewhat in this uh, issue. Human rights violations continue to terrorize its own citizens there, and something that you've been passionate about for many, many years now. What is the status currently uh, with human rights violations in CCP China? Well, my specialty is actually in um, course of birth control in China, the one-child policy, two-child policy, three-child policy, forced abortion, forced sterilization, forced contraception, um, and those are continuing. And in terms of, of generalized human rights, um, you know, they have, de- they have continued to deteriorate, and Xi Jinping is just, um, you know, he, he's, he's violating human rights on, on all different fronts. But one of the things that people um, need to understand, when it was in, uh, announced that China was ending its one-child policy, 
and switched to a two-child policy in 2016. Uh, the mainstream media and the Chinese Communist Party announced that it was um, abandoning the one-child policy, which gave everybody the impression that they were abandoning coercive birth control altogether. But even under the three-child policy, um, you know, it's, it remains illegal in China for single women to give birth and fourth children remain illegal and they are continuing with systematic forced abortions and forced sterilizations up in uh, the Xinjiang province where the U.S. government and others have said that the Chinese Communist Party is committing genocide against the Uyghurs. So their, uh, their motivation to relax their one-child policy, was this because they realized they're in a demographic winter and their future is, is gravely at stake? Oh, yeah, that's exactly right. So... This is not repentance. This is not, oh, um, we are sorry for forcibly aborting 400 million babies. Wow. This is, oh, no, now that, you know, we're we're facing a population crisis, but it wasn't the crisis that they had been pushing for 40 years about how China has too many people. It's the crisis that they have too few young people to uh, sustain their elderly population, and then also they have too few women. Mm-hmm. And so they, they relaxed it to a two-child policy and eventually to a three-child policy. And now uh, people who are eligible to have three children, in other words, married couples, are being pressured to have three children, whereas you cannot have a fourth child. And, and also, um, you know, the unmarried women are still potentially subject to forced abortion. Now, didn't they target uh, women, female babies, to begin with in their abortions? Like they were specifically wanting males only? Well, okay, so it's important to make a distinction between two kinds of forced abortions that are happening in China. One is perpetrated by the government. One is perpetrated by the culture and the family. And they're different, but they're both forced abortions. Okay, so the government has not said they only want males. In fact, the government is very worried about the fact that uh, there are an estimated, I don't know, close to 30, 40 million more males in China than, than females. Um, and they call those bare branches, men that are not going to, you know, reproduce because there are no wives to, there are no women to become wives. Um, and this is, this is giving rise to horrific human trafficking within China and also from the surrounding countries, tra- trafficking in women. So the Chinese Communist Party is not in favor of um, aborting, you know, girls. Um, they, it's anybody who's illegal. If, if you don't have, it, it, you used to have to have a piece of paper, a birth permit. If you didn't have it, you would be aborted, whether it was a boy or whether it was a girl. Now, there's also something called sun preference in China. And China's not the only country that has it. India has it. Other countries have it. But um, they prefer boys. And so the so the, the culture, the family, will pressure a woman, if she's pregnant, to have an ultrasound to determine whether it's a boy or a girl. And if it's a girl, it's the mother-in-law through the husband that is pressuring the woman to, wow. to selectively abort the girl. And um, so we, have, we are the only organization in the world that has um, boots on the ground inside of China that is actively saving baby girls. We've got something called our Save a Girl campaign, and we have saved several hundred baby girls um, from either sex selective abortion or abandonment or even just poverty that is so extreme that the girl is at risk.
I mean, I, I was also thinking about the Uyghurs. Uh, was, there was stories out the last year and even into this year that the, the army of the CCP was sort of forcing themselves on the, the wives whose husbands were in internment camps. Uh, and there was speculation as to whether or not that they were trying to make use of this resource in their, in their worldview uh, of women for soldiers who don't have wives otherwise. Have you looked into that? Well, let me let me tell you my understanding of the situation, which is which is horrific. So, as I mentioned, um, the, the, okay, there's forced abortion, forced sterilization going on, and genocide going on against the Uyghurs in Xinjiang. So the Uyghurs are mostly Muslim, and so <clears throat> under the one-child policy, Uyghur minorities and other minorities in China who live in the countryside were allowed to have three children. That was under the one-child policy. Okay, so they had an exception for ethnic minorities living in the rural areas. Uh, then when China instituted the two-child policy in um, 2016, they used that against the Uyghurs in the following way. They went up to Xinjiang and they said to families, oh, you have three children, that's illegal. And the family said, no, it's not illegal. You gave us permission under the one-child policy. And then, and then the authorities would say, well, now we have a two-child policy and we are applying it equally to everyone. You have three children, you have too many children. And they said, this, this is an indication of religious extremism, okay? If you have three children, that's, you're a religious extremist. So what they would do typically is they would detain the father of the family and then move a Han Chinese man into the home with the mother and the children. So we're dealing with a situation of rape and we're also you know, dealing with a situation of um, the Han Chinese man, whether he's a soldier or not. I've not heard that he was specifically a soldier, but he could be um, spying on the woman so that if the woman did anything to indicate religious extremism, like if she prayed. <coughs> Oh, she, if she tried to teach her children their religion, um, or if she wore a certain religious like headscarf or whatever, that she could be reported and that she could be detained. And then the children would go to some kind of a Chinese Communist Party boarding school where they would be forbidden from speaking their native language. They would learn Chinese and they would be indoctrinated with, with pro-Chinese propaganda. Wow. This is going on uh, every day in China. These people are still living through this now. It's not something that happened just a couple of years ago, but this is their everyday existence. This, this is an ongoing genocide of the Uyghurs in um, China by the Chinese Communist Party. And, and that's why my organization led an initiative that China should not have been able to host the, the um, Winter Olympics in Beijing this year. Mm. Um, and, and also, you know... Hold that thought, Reggie. We not be in a trade relationship with them. Hold that thought. Hold that thought right there. Reggie, Little John is our guest founder and president of Women's Rights Without Frontiers. We're talking about the ongoing human rights violations, the genocide and the atrocities in China right now. Their website is womensrightswithoutfrontiers.org. But we're going to talk more right after this very quick break. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Could there be just one word that truly sets the Catholic Church apart from all other churches? Yes, there is. Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. That word is retain. How can one word bring such distinction? Well, understanding that retain means to hold back or to keep. Jesus tells the apostles, if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Secondly, so what does that world say about sin? The therapist says, forgive yourself. New Agers say it's just a state of mind. And the 
evangelical says, just tell Jesus no matter how grave the sin, he'll forgive you directly. And finally, the word retain. We all know that non-Catholics don't go to a pastor to confess grave sins. Why? Because in Protestant thinking, you get to leapfrog humans and go directly to Jesus. And guys, let's don't hide under the newest term, be accountable. Hey, we all will be accountable up to the point that it hurts. Is embarrassing or is criminal? My priest can say, Steve, your sin's not forgiven. Does your pastor? I think not. Why? Have you ever heard backlash, decreasing church attendance, and loss of revenue? There will come a day when each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Reggie Littlejohn is our guest. She is the founder and president of Women's Rights Without Frontiers, which you can find linked up at their website at womensrightswithoutfrontiers.org. Welcome back to the program, Ms. Littlejohn. Um, before oh, thank the, you so much. Before the break, we we're talking about the Uyghurs and the, just the atrocities with forced abortions, forced sterilizations on the entire populace of, of China. You know, one of my big questions is, why do you think the West, United States, European governments, why do we give China a pass on this issue? I mean, we are apparently relaxing tariffs against China right now that have been in place. We are selling them our strategic oil. We we don't talk about these human rights violations at a policy level in Washington. We seem to ignore these terrible, horrible atrocities there. But why? Well, uh, that's a good question, and it's it's open to speculation. With respect to selling our our oil, um, this oil was in our reserves for in case we had an emergency, and and our our gas prices are are hitting are going through the roof, and um, and yet we're selling our oil reserves to our enemy, China. And uh, that's to me a betrayal. I mean, I, I am I'm outraged by that. We we did a uh, webinar on on that recently at the Committee on Presidential of China, of which I am you know a member. But so y- you ask why? Why are we doing this? Um, well, I'll tell you. In my opinion, it's because of um, something that the Chinese Communist Party calls el- elite capture. I mean, they have been going after our elites, and it's not just the political elites, but any kind of an elite, business elites, whatever, to get them in their pocket financially. And, um, and so we are compromised. I mean, the elites over our, our entire society are compromised by the Chinese Communist Party. Um, and it's not just in America. It's all over the world. So that's the situation that we are, that, that we are facing. Um, so Peter Schweitzer has a bo- Peter Schweitzer has a book out yeah. that details Republicans and Democrats who have all had very strange and some say scandalous uh, uh, relations with communist China. Does that influence their policymaking? Well, it sure seems like it does. We've been trying to get Peter Schweitzer on the show to discuss that in greater detail. But I, to me, it's incredibly scandalous that we would turn our backs and ignore. What did you say? Four hundred million abortions. Okay, so so that that's an old number. 
okay, it, it was probably at least 10 years old. And um, this was the Copenhagen Climate Summit. I don't remember exactly the year of that, but one of the heads of the Chinese Communist Family Planning Commission said that their contribution to the fight against global warming was the elimination or the prevention, I think she said, of 400 million lives. Okay, so, so this, is, this is the way that, that communism views human beings, that, that everybody is just a carbon footprint. Mm-hmm. And, um, and unless you're contributing to, to society, you are not only worthless, you are less than worthless. And so that's why um, you know, they feel free because they, they don't believe that, that human beings are created by God in his image, um, that they can just forcibly abort all these women. And then not only that, but I call uh, widows the invisible victims of the one-child policy uh, because you know, widows, especially in the countryside, they would have you know, a, a couple would have a large family, that large family would have large families. So you have this very large extended family when the original couple got old, they, they, uh, the traditional Chinese culture would venerate the elderly and that family would support them in their old age. And now under the one-child policy, they have decimated the family structure, number one. And number two, you, you know, communism views people very materialistically, so you are only worth as much as you are contributing to, to society. So if you've already made your contribution, you've already raised your children, you've already farmed your land, you've spent your life pouring yourself out for other people, and now you don't have anything left because you're old and you're sick or disabled or whatever, you're worthless. And so we have a, a, a terrible the situation of senior suicide in China, and particularly among Chinese rural women. And that's when we started our Save a Widow campaign. So, like I said, we're the only organization in the world that actually has boots on the ground inside of China that is able to save abandoned widows and also baby girls in China. Reggie, you know, that, that's a, a good segue into something I want to ask you. It, you know, there's always a, a veil of secrecy when it comes to things happening in China. The uh, like, for example, the numbers that that you gave us. You said those were ten years old. It may even be that those numbers are drastically greater now. I imagine they would be, but I'm wondering what it's like to be as the one of the the very few people with boots on the ground out there. What is it like working there? What what sort of challenges do you face uh, to help these these women who are being forced into abortion? So. What I would ask the people, this is Catholic drive time. Everybody send up a prayer right now that God will continue to protect our network. So, um, because these, these field workers are incredibly brave. And my answer to your question is we have not had a single encounter with the authorities. Wow. So this is not Americans. This is not Reggie Littlejohn going over to China. Okay, that would blow the network. A lot of these villages probably have never seen an American. Okay, these are people from the villages who are committed to helping women not ha- to have to abort or abandon their babies. Um, another big problem that women have in, in rural China is, is they're under so much stress that they can't produce milk, and so they have to buy milk, but they have no money to buy milk powder. Um, a lot of times... The, the financial stress would force the mother to move to this city to, to generate an income, um, and, and so she has to leave her baby behind. Uh, we are able to keep these families together, but it's not, it's, it's, we, so we just pray that God will continue to, to, to um, hide them under the shadow of his wing 
and um, and so so my my field workers are very very smart. They know how to fly under the radar. They know how to time things. They know how to park at a certain place and then walk. You know whatever they need to do to, to escape detection. And also by the grace of God, because God wants to see these babies saved. God wants to see these widows saved. Now, let me ask you a question about the uh, COVID zero policy and how that might have uh, impacted your work in what you do or the, the situation there. It seems like it was already very difficult with their uh, draconian, atheistic, death cult policies. But the zero uh, tolerance of COVID, didn't that sort of fan the flame and make things worse? Yes, yes. So, so like I said, we, we are in a, a farming community, so these people depend on being able to sell their crops. And we've been under lockdown twice now, and under the first one especially, um, these farmers were unable to get their vegetables to market, so they just rotted, and so then that drove them into even further um, poverty. And unfortunately, some of them actually contemplated giving away their baby girl as a, an extra mouth to feed. This is something that's incomprehensible you oh. know, to Americans. But so we were able to keep those families together. Praise God. Um, and none of our families gave away their baby girl. But um, so anyway, yeah, it it does. The, the lockdowns absolutely exacerbate poverty in the countryside. You got human trafficking, forced abortions, forced sterilizations, organ harvesting, and and all the rest. It, it it not not even to mention how we in the West are embracing all of the policies when it comes to the Green New Deal, but China's let off the hook again uh, and not uh, sort of kept to the same standard. What do you see the future looking like here? Uh, if you could forecast into the future twenty, thirty years, what would that look like in regards to communist China? Okay, um, if China's goal is to run the world, and they see the United States as being um, the main enemy of that, the Chinese Communist Party is our enemy, and they have done so much elite capture um, in, in the United States and worldwide that we don't identify them. You know, people say, oh, they're our competitor. They're not our competitor. Your competitor doesn't want to, like, you know, kill you, <laughs> all right? So you know, they are our enemies, and if we do not stand up against um, the, the encroachment of Chinese Communist Party uh, totalitarianism, it's going to come to the United States, and it's going to come through um, the World Health Organization and the vaccine passports and vaccine mandates smart health cards, the, any kind of a mandatory digital ID can use the same tracking system as the, as the China social credit system, which is a tool of mass surveillance and totalitarian control. So we have to stand up against these things. And I've co-founded a website called Stop Vax Passports. That's stopvaxpassports.org, where people can watch our webinars on this, um, and, and sign a petition to stop it. Wow. Uh, so much going on there. It, it, do you think that the midterms here in America will have an impact on our relations with China and keeping them held accountable for some of these violations and these crimes? Well, they will if people attend town hall meetings and, and, and question the candidates about these things. You yeah. know, I mean, pe they, pe candidates need to be asked, what is your position on China? 
what is your position on trade with China? What is your position on smart health IDs? What is your position on the World Health Organization trying to remove our sovereignty? Um, I mean, there's a lot to talk about here. And, and so, um, so it, it, you know, they will hold China accountable to the extent that we hold them accountable. And it looks like right now we're not doing that at all. Right. So that's why I appreciate, you know, getting on your show and asking people to um, – to, to hold these guys, to hold these guys accountable. To, you, you know, people need to rise up and have a voice and say, you know, what, what's your position on trade with China? Yeah. What's your position on human rights in China? What's your position on the World Health Organization? Um, and, you know, they, they, I mean, this is a long discussion. It was a whole other yeah. show about what the Biden administration tried to do with that. But the, the, that initiative that would have uh, seriously damaged our sovereignty um, is is not dead. It's, it's they're, they're they are continuing to uh, revise these international health regulations. Mm. Well, uh, we're almost out of time here. I, I imagine that our listeners, dear listener, if you're interested and you're capable, you might support the work of Women's Rights uh, Without Frontiers, and they can do that on your website, Reggie. Right. So thank you for asking. So my website is womensrightswithoutfrontiers.org. That's womensrightswithoutfrontiers.org. And the homepage, you can click a button that says Save a Girl, you can click a button that says Save a Widow, and you can get more information there about how you can help. And All thank right. you so much. Praise be to God. Womensrightswithoutfrontiers.org. Reggie Littlejohn, God bless you. God love you. Thank you for being on with us and sharing your work. God bless you, too. All right. That's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. If uh, you can join us in the second hour, Tito Edwards from BigPulpit.com is going to be on to catch us up on the big stories coming out across the Catholic blogosphere. All that and more. If not, I guess we'll see you back here tomorrow for a fun show. It's going to be great. We'll see you then. God love you. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Since you may not agree that the New Testament came to us through the oral tradition of the apostles, how do you believe it did come to us? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a language aid. In Latin, the word tradition is a verb, not a noun. It's the act of handing over. Handing over what? Handing over the faith. You see, capital T tradition continues to answer the questions the Bible doesn't explicitly answer. For example, you've noticed that contraception or doctor-assisted suicide and many other crucial human topics are not laid out in the Bible. Secondly, analogous to baseball, the totality of baseball has been handed on to each generation. This is very different than just the small t tradition of saying not flipping the bat after hitting a home run. And thirdly, in case you're trying to rid church traditions to be non-traditional, just know that capital T tradition is what got you to Jesus. Drop kicking small religious traditions to be considered non-traditional is like the dog chasing his tail. His task is never fruitless and thoroughly silly. We live with the illusion that we are in control. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. Yet, how much of life actually is under our control? We need to develop our talents and make prudent preparations for the future. But how many times have our plans been sidetracked by forces outside our control? Sometimes, unexpected changes have even opened up new opportunities. In his rule, St. Benedict talks about the beauty and purpose of monastic life. The rule is very successful at separating the monks who live according to its teaching from the illusion of control, giving us a peaceful confidence in God's provident care. For your free copy of the Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com, O-N-E, MinuteMonk.com. 
It's all preparation for our last act of letting go of control when we will have to commend our life trustingly into the Father's hands and death. Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox, goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT and get signed up today. Hi, I'm Jenny Granero from the St. Cecilia Catholic Community. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. You informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Have you seen Quo Vadis? The great Catholic film from the 1960s, Quo Vadis. Uh, just, just there before we went back on air. Rudy brought that up. Did you, have you watched it? I haven't, no. I brought it up because as I was compiling the news for today, I saw an article on the Epic Times about the movie, and I thought, oh, maybe maybe I'll check that out on YouTube if it's on there. I think it probably would be. Let me take so a look here. You're saying you've not seen the film? I have not. Let's and see. And you're, you're Catholic again? One more time? Just, can I see your Catholic card, please? Oh, full movie. Yeah. Oh, wait. Hello. Quo Vadis is a classic, man. Wait, is it? Complete? It depicts oh, yeah. Peter's it trying to get out of being, you know, persecuted in Rome. He's heading out of town, and our Lord passes him heading into town. He's like, where are you going? Where you won't. Go. Three hours long. Ouch. Ooh. Three hours. Dude, it's worth it. Watch it. I don't have time. Nero's in it. It's a good film, man. Actually, Nero? Well, an actor <laughs> pretending to be Nero. Same thing. Adrian, have you seen Quo Vadis? No, I haven't seen Quo Vadis. Are either of you Catholic? I need to ask these questions before hiring people, I guess. We're uh, old Catholics. Yeah. We don't uh, acknowledge yeah. that movie. Mm-hmm. I only watch Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Marvel. And Marvel. Yikes. So at least he used to anyway, right? Um, well, great conversation with Red- Reggie Littlejohn last hour. If you missed that, check out the podcast. I mean, good grief. 400 plus million aborted uh, forced abortions in China, forced sterilizations, organ harvesting, sexual slavery, women held as slaves. Yeah, you know, we didn't get to talk about religious that all persecution, that long, but uh, there was a story of a woman who was found chained. This is in rural China. She was chained. Yeah, she had, I uh, saw that just recently. Some sort of uh, mental uh, instability or something like that. But it's it's um, it's un- we're unsure if that was caused by her condition. Uh, I think they were saying that she was just mentally unstable, but she was chained, and apparently she was a, a sex slave there. So. Lots of crazy stuff going on in yeah. China. It's it's all very hard to um, it's difficult to talk about. Also, because you never know, you know, the depths of the depravity there. Because they keep they keep a pretty you close, know close hand on that. I wanted to ask Reggie, and I, I didn't. We didn't get the chance to. You know, at least in the United States or in the West, when a woman gets an abortion, and I'm post-abortive, so uh, but when a woman gets an abortion, you know, there's the uh, the the emotional damage, psychological, emotional, spiritual damage that happens as a result of that. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why at a lot of these rallies or these protests or, or what have you, you get really crazy things happening. You know, people do, they, they speak like they're insane. They say insanely wild things. They act in really bizarre behavior ways. It's 
Oh, uh, it could be because they're demonically harassed. That's one option. Another is because they've never healed from it. They've never. Uh, they they are feeling so guilty and so broken by this decision and the obvious imp- implications of it that they've never healed. Uh, at least in America, we have organizations, retreats, people that help women in those circumstances. Mm-hmm. Right, post-abortive women and men. Uh, they help them heal. They help them process, you know, reconcile all of that. But in an atheist country, they don't have anything like that. So they have to pretend like it's normal without any help whatsoever. I think that further compounds and makes a tragedy of the whole situation. So, yeah, real definitely. Crazy. So if you missed that conversation, please do check out the podcast, which you can find linked up on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt that's grnonline.com forward slash cdt and of course it's thursday but i i I did a little straw poll last week in the cdt insider email because normally every thursday i send the cdt insider email and it's it seems like those that did uh respond and we had great open rate um they think friday may work just as well as a Thursday. So yeah. I might be sending the email on Friday from now on because that would allow me to include Rudy Carlos's brand new Memory Hold video series. Oh, yeah. So I love doing that. It's pretty yeah. fun. So I might do that, include include the Memory Hold video series, which I have to do every Friday because, you know, Rudy doesn't produce them until Friday because he's waiting for the whole week to go by <laughs> so that he can tell you what you missed. So. A that, and also I have to make sure that we have guests. So. <laughs> that and your focus on rounding up guests. Hey, uh, Dr. Paul King Gore was also on last hour. Great He's conversation. Great. Again, check out the podcast at grnonline.com forward slash CDT, where you can also join our email list. Coming up in just a moment is going to be uh, uh, the game show, Fear and Trembling, with new prizes this week, a very beautiful prize you're going to love it. You could win. you got to make sure you're on standby to win that by being our first caller at 15 past the hour. But joining us right now via Zoom chat is our good friend Tito Edwards from BigPulpit.com. Good morning to you, Tito. Good morning, Joe. Good morning, Rudy. And good morning, Adrian. Good yeah, morning, Praise Tito. be to God. We're grateful for your time today, Tito. What's going on in BigPulpit.com? What are the big stories this week? Well, the Pontifical Academy for Life came out with a document called Theological Ethics of Life, and it seems to be a summary of, of many of their group meetings. And uh, in short order, it, it seems to, to say that uh, doctrine can change uh, by committee, is my quick and dirty uh, summation. And it is just another confusing statement emanating from Rome, on many of the issues concerning Catholics, and one of them is is life. And it seems to take a profound change in direction of the teachings of Humana Vitae and de-emphasizing the the contraception and abortion and emphasizing other areas that uh, have a loose association with life. So that's it's it's a humdrum document, but it's certainly making waves right now, and that that's that is the big story uh, from my point of view right now, coming out uh, in the Catholic Church today. You know, I was re- you just reminded me of something yesterday. I was reading in um, in a book that I got for my birthday, nothing uh, superfluous by Father Jackson. 
And in the book I was reading yesterday that the reason why we have a, a, a rooster up on the weather vane above our churches is so that when the wind blows, the rooster faces into the wind. And the, the idea here is it's to remind us that we must face the heresies of our time and not be subject to the winds as they blow and, uh, and be uh, tossed to and fro by them. It seems to me like, are we going to be just deciding by democratic vote, you know, based on the, the winds of the time, how we believe about, you know, something like the dignity of human life or conception or any other doctrine? It, it, it certainly seems to be the case where uh, uh, the Vatican would like to have as, as much input as possible, uh, as much participation, let me correct myself, as possible from the laity in decisions such as this. And, and uh, as, as much as that, that is good, but at the same time, there, I, I, I believe they're, they're taking in it not one step, but two to three steps too much, too far. And they're really pushing the boundaries. I, I certainly believe their intention is not to radically, fundamentally change dogma, because dogma does not change. But at the same time, they are certainly, what's the word, gaslighting the faithful <laughs> that they can make changes. So all the kids at the same time, yeah. not, not actually uh, breaking with, with tradition and mm -hmm. with dogma. So... Mm -hmm. That that's the perfect word. They're gaslighting, and 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 that seems to be the the unofficial uh, strategy of of the people around Pope Francis, like Cardinal Paglia, that are continuously doing these stunts mm -hmm. to be charitable <laughs> uh, to the faithful. They're, they're gaslighting us. That's what that's what it leads to to us. I, I, I'm. I wish I could be more positive and 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 positive, but it's just a bunch of gaslighting. Yeah. What else is going on at BigPulpit.com? Well, yes. Uh, well, there was a nice uh, on related to this. George Weigel, uh, one of my personal favorite authors, wrote a, a very nice article called "The War Conciliar Concession Continued," and it is the battle between the re the reformist theologians within. Uh, the Vatican Council II, all the way up into today, on how to interpret the council. And it's an ongoing battle that had manifested itself in what we just talked about in the Pontifical Academy for Life. And it is such another well-written document uh, by by uh, George Weigel. And, and what the direction is, is uh, those such as John, St. John Paul II and Pope Benedict XVI uh Correctly interpreting through the through the prism of tradition, uh, as opposed to through the prism of invention, and um, and and the two warring camps and trying to interpret it Vatican II. And so, do we want to have a, a beautiful ver vernacular mass mm -hmm. uh, with uh, certain aspects retained, such as Gregorian chant, or do we want to have uh, liturgical dancers coming in in their leotards? <laughs> Uh, jumping up and down the holy space of the the altar, or how so, about drones bringing in the holy monstrance with oh, our Lord and man. Savior of the Eucharist? Did you remember seeing that video? It's always Brazil. Oh my goodness! Yes, I remember that. I also remember some a priest going in on his little tripod or his, his scooter. Scooter. His scooter. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. Whoa. I mean, there's there's like uh, there's like entire YouTube channels dedicated to just showing footage of the insanity that has happened at these some of these masses uh, all over the world. And it's gut-wrenching to see it, right? It's gut-wrenching to see it. By the way, Vatican II was trending on Twitter. Was it yesterday, I think? Yesterday? I found that fascinating. Adrian brought it up, and uh, I checked my feed, and yeah, it was trending on my feed as well. Uh, across Twitter, Vatican II. I mean, like, who'd have thunk that the Twitterverse would be, would be talking about Vatican II? Like, do they, I wonder if they even know what it is. I think... Catholics are creating a space for themselves on Twitter because another anomaly I saw two weeks ago, the words Catholic Twitter was trending for a good hour two weeks ago on, on Twitter. And, and uh, I, I don't know what uh, Vatican II, uh, what, what related topics was, was uh, bound, bound into that, but I believe it was, had to do with Pope Benedict and, and his, de- his supposed death and, oh, yeah, and then Pope day, Francis's yeah. resignation and, and then the whole talk about oh, what's going to happen. Oh, it was Megyn Kelly. Wasn't it Megyn Kelly because she came out uh, in a video saying, you know, hey, there are cardinals walking around the vatican and priests like oh this has got to be something special because like when do cardinals and priests walk around the vatican for crying out loud megan kelly the 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 uh the the authorship of all-knowing catholicism yeah on her little vacation down visiting saint peter's uh, basilica square that was just it was funny. Anyone that, like Adrian, yourself, and myself, and Rudy, anyone reading and following Catholic news instantly knew that was just bogus. We can discern between the serious Catholic journalists and and journalists who claim to be Catholic. Is she? Does she claim to be Catholic? I didn't. I did. I don't know one way or another if she's Catholic or not. She's Catholic. I don't believe yeah. she's practicing. Um, I see. I, yeah, I mean, sad, I, I just assumed that she was just one of many tourists at the Vatican taking a tour uh, of, you know, going in and out of uh, all of the tourist spots. Uh, Your assumptions are correct, sir. Yeah, yeah. And what else was going We got about a minute left with Tito Edwards at BigPulpit.com. Any other stories you're tracking there? Yes. One, I know it's a local story out of Columbus, Ohio, but after 70 years, the new Bishop of Columbus has replaced the Paulist Fathers with a new priest there, and it's causing a whole conundrum among the locals, uh, the laity, the alumni, and the students uh, of the new direction. And uh, still the news is coming out fresh, so I really don't know all the details. But on the surface, it seems to be that they want to go in a direction where they have reverence in the Mass, creating a space for vocations, for the discernment of, of the vocations, how, pr- how proper and correct it is for a university of learning, for students le- looking to seek their, their vocations in life to be, as opposed to affirming yourself of where you are and not improving and, and, and growing in your faith. So, I can see why people would be mad uh, at that. <laughs> congratulations to, to, the, to the direction that is going on right now at the Newman Center at The Ohio State University. Wow. All right. Tito Edwards, BigPulpit.com. Thank you for your time today. We'll see you next week. Thank you, guys. All right. Coming up after the break, it's time to play our game show, Fear and Trembling, with a beautiful prize to give away this week. You could win, but you do need to be our caller right now on the phone at 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Be right back. 
What does the word apologetics mean? The word apologetics is derived from an ancient Greek word apologia or apologia, which means an apology. Not an apology in the modern sense of the word, which is to say you're sorry for something, but rather an apology in the ancient sense of the word, which is to make a reasoned defense of something or someone. In ancient times, the word apology referred to the case a lawyer would make on behalf of his client. So apologetics is about building the case for our faith, learning how to explain and defend our faith. Basically, there are three types of apologetics, natural, Christian, and Catholic. Natural apologetics builds a case for truths that we can know from the natural light of reason. Truths that are able to be known without any divine intervention. Truths such as the existence of God, the innate spirituality of the human soul, the objective reality of right and wrong. Truths which the articles of our faith rest upon and build upon. Christian apologetics, on the other hand, builds the case for divinely revealed truths. Truths that cannot be known by reason apart from faith. Truths such as the reality of biblical miracles, the divinity of Christ, the virgin birth, and the resurrection, to name a few. Catholic apologetics encompasses all of Christian apologetics since Catholicism is the fullness of Christianity, but Catholic apologetics tends to focus on those truths of Christianity that are not generally believed by non-Catholic Christians. Truths such as the Catholic Church having been founded by Jesus Christ, the papacy, the sacraments, the Immaculate Conception, and others. Again, the three main types of apologetics are natural, Christian, and Catholic. And in this course, we will be focusing mainly on Catholic apologetics, how to explain and defend the truths of our Catholic faith. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of Fear and Trembling, the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show where secrets and agendas are taking place behind the scenes. But what I need most is a phone call on the line. In order to play our game, we're looking for a contestant right now. Be the first caller, and you can play. The phone number is 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. First caller gets to play the game. If you've never played, it's tons of fun. If you haven't played in a while, you can call back 877-757-9424. But there are secrets and agendas that we ask you not to share with anybody. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you could learn something about your Catholic faith that you did not know before. Praise be to God. And then number two, we like to have a laugh, a good time, and the callers are actually amazing. Praise be to Jesus. And number three, we give up prizes which makes this a winner for everybody involved. But if you're new here, let me explain. I do have three Catholic trivia questions sitting in front of me, but the kicker is I don't ask the caller the question, so they don't even need to know. They may not know a single correct answer and could still win the game, and that's because I will ask Rudy and I will ask Adrian, one of which will give us a correct answer, the other 
will give us an incorrect answer. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And every correct answer will go into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God, we have a very wonderful prize this week. If you're watching on our live stream, which you could watch on YouTube, Odyssey, basically any any streaming service that you can think of, we're on there and you can interact live with us. But if you're watching us there, I'm holding it up. It is a pictorial Lives of the Saints. This is a reproduction of the 1887 version by the famed Benziger Brothers. If you're listening to us, this is a wonderful hardbound book. It's a green leatherette. Very, very awesome if you have children. If you don't have children anyway, you can still admire the virtue of the saints, and uh, it's illustrated. Look at these wonderful illustrations, uh, these plates as they used to call them, and uh, the winner this week is going to enjoy this, this wonderful reproduction. Praise be to God. It looks beautiful. It is. It's so, Some, so someone's nice. Someone's going to be really blessed by that. Praise be to God. That's happening tomorrow, so your last three chances are tomorrow. You better call early if you want to get in on this prize, but let's go to the phones. Bobby, good morning to you. Good morning. Praise be to God, Bobby. Where are you calling from? I'm actually calling from the Houston metro area. I'm in the port right now. Nice. Praise be to Jesus. Houston, we love it when we get Houston callers. And Bobby, where do you go to church? I go to church to Queen of the Angels in Dickinson. Nice. Let's go. All right. Well, praise be to God, Bobby. Are you familiar? <laughs> are you familiar with the rules, sir? Oh, yeah. I've been listening a lot lately. Then uh, let me just uh, give you some fair warning here. Uh, brother Rudy, okay. brother Rudy is not only not wearing a tie today, he's not even wearing a jacket. Okay, oh, you got it. And he's got suspenders on. So, oh my goodness, correlate that what information. What does that mean, Bobby? <laughs> as you desire, but there's something to it. I'm just saying, there's something to that. All right, praise be to God, Bobby. Let's play the game. We will start with Team Rudy, as is our custom, our patrimony, our church-approved tradition. Just like suspenders. Just traditional like suspenders. <laughs> Are they traditional? <laughs> I think so. Mm-hmm. Back I in think the day. they're modern, personally. They're modernists. <laughs> the clip-on ones Like, are. when did the, the, the suspender get invented? Like, post-Reformation or something? Oh, that's a good point. I don't know, man. Good, are they trying oh, to prove? I thought about that. I don't think so. No. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> we tease. We're, we're teasing. It's a joke. Okay. All right. Rudy, can you tell me? Are you ready? I'm ready. Praise be to God. That's the good step in the right direction. Now can you tell me who was chosen to replace Judas in the Twelve Apostles? Ah, uh, Judas. What a scoundrel. What a rapscallion. Uh, he was replaced by St. Matthias. Oh, okay. Matthias, you say. or Matthias. Some, some or would Matthias. Say, some would say Matthias. Matthias. How's it go? Matthias. You gotta go. <laughs> Matthias. Okay. All right. He's Jewish. Writing it down. Uh, speaking, of, uh, <laughs> speaking of Hebrew scholars, Adrian Fonseca, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. I identify as a Hebrew scholar. I thought so. I thought I read your pronouns on Twitter. Yes, I actually am an expert on all things Hebrew. Including Um, hot dogs. Well, I was actually thinking about beer. Uh, Hebrew. I got it. Okay. Well, maybe you can answer this question then. Who was chosen to replace Judas in the Twelve Apostles? Uh, I'm confused with this question. This sounds like a trick question because Judas was never replaced. What? Yeah. They just had 11 apostles after that. Uh, the, mm, yeah. Hmm. Oh, okay. 
All right. So my answer is no one. All right. So no one is your answer. <laughs> is that your official answer? Mm -hmm. Not nobody like from the Odyssey. Nobody as in like no person. I see. And would you say that as no chun? I would say that as a Hebrew scholar, uh -huh. it would be a nice stout. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Bobby, uh, from uh, Queen of Angels and Dickinson, you got choices here. The person chosen to replace Judas, was it no one, as Adrian seems to think, or was it St. Matthias, as Rudy is suggesting? 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Bobby, oh, what say you? Oh, gee, I'd really like to go with Adrian, but um, I'm going to have to go with Rudy on wait, this one. Wait, hold on. You would really you actually want to do that? You, you <laughs> want I'm to so go? sorry. What? This is... I don't know if we can give him credit for that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm heartbroken. I'm not sure. I'm heartbroken. <laughs> In fact, you are right. It is St. Matthias is the correct answer. He was replaced. Let his office another take, as St. Peter would say in the book of Acts. So praise be to God. All right. You're in. You could win. It's a beautiful gift. It's possible. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. But let's see if we can't double your chance for this prize. We're going to go to Adrian first uh -oh. on That's this dangerous. one. I would agree. I have received the memos, and I agree. Adrian, can you tell me? Maybe. Can you Follow maybe. Can you name for me the small rod mm -hmm. that was used to strike a penitent? Oh, Huh. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm very familiar with this. Okay, because uh, you've been stricken a lot, or <laughs> I, someone your I priest beat you with this? Or? I can neither affirm nor mm -hmm. deny why I'm familiar with this. Okay, but just know that I am familiar with this. Uh huh. It's called a ferula. A ferula. A ferula. Okay, ferula. That's uh, that's the answer you're gonna. That's go what with. I'm going with. Okay. All right. Uh, Rudy, uh, I'd like to get your opinion on this one. All right. Can you tell me? Or rather, name for me the small rod that was used to strike a penitent. Man, I'm glad this isn't a custom anymore. Right, yeah, praise be to God. First off. Secondly, it's called the Arundo, which Arundo. is Latin for reed. As oh, in that wouldn't be the too reed bad. If you got that beaten with a reed, how bad could that be? I don't know, it was pretty bad when they beat Jesus, our blessed Lord, with it. With so, a reed? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Arundo, you said? Arundo. Well, Bobby, you got choices. Is it the Arundo, as uh, Rudy is suggesting, or is it the Ferula, as Adrian seems to think? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Bobby, what say you? Oh, gee, this one's tough. Um, I'd like to go with Adrian again, but I think Rudy's got it. It's over for you. Gotcha. Curveball to the lower right corner. Swing and a miss. All right. Well, sorry, Bobby, but the in fact the correct answer is ferula. And what is the tradition here? I don't actually know the tradition of it, but the word means rod. And so yeah, that's where it comes from. Could we not share this with my priest? I would not. I've actually already talked to your your pastor. He said that he he's going to bring it back out. But yeah. only for particular penitents yes, I'm with sure. the uh, last name McLean, yeah. first name Joe. Uh -huh. uh, but, you know. I'm what sure would you do if you're opening the door to leave the confession? Yeah, he, <laughs> like, he steps out. <laughs> <laughs> just wailing on you. It's just on it. <laughs> it's like it has Joe McLean written on it. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that penance, okay? There yeah. comes Father Brandler with Yikes. the, the ferula. It's Yikes. in the shins of it. <laughs> Not all traditions are the best ones. Let's just say that. All right, here we go. Question number three. Back to Rudy. Rudy, suspenders and all. 
Can you name for me two of the seven pilgrim churches of Rome? All right, just two? Just two. Oh, well, that's easy. Okay, so there's the Basilica of Pachimami. I'm sorry, what? Basilica of Pachimami. Oh, I see. That's Italian. Uh, okay. uh, and then there's St. Nero's. St. Nero's? Yeah. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's a pizza place. I heard the lighting there is uh, to be it's, never forgotten. It's very warm. Uh-huh. It's very warm there. Okay, yeah. so you said the Basilica of Pachimami mm-hmm. and St. Nero's was your answer. Yes. Okay. Adrian, I know you're a tour guide in Rome on your off time. Could you tell me our name for me, two of the seven pilgrim churches of Rome, please? Well, as a self-identified uh, tour guide of Rome, I would go <laughs> with um, St. John Lateran. Oh, very okay. beautiful church. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah. And St. Paul outside the walls. St. Paul outside the walls. All Those right, are two good choices. Um, okay. Yep. Well, Bobby, I don't know if you've ever been to Rome, but uh, Adrian seems to think that St. John Lateran and St. Paul's are actual churches in Rome where people make pilgrimages to. Uh, whereas Rudy suggests it's the Basilica Pachimami and St. Nero's. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Bobby in Dickinson, what say you? Well, they both sound pretty uh, pretty believable, but I have an old St. Andrew's missile, and they've got a diagram of this, so uh, just so I don't hear about it later, I'm going to have to go with Adrian this time. Just got to, right? Like, what choice do you have? Your hands are tied. <laughs> Bobby, so don't wise. about it. It's okay, my friend. It's okay. Admitting that Adrian is right publicly sometimes has to be done. <laughs> just sometimes. It is difficult. <laughs> He's used to it. Praise me. Pachi Mommy. St. Nero. What's wrong with you, Rudy? Pachi Mommy. I have a fun story about St. John Lateran when I visited there in 2005. Something that uh, was not appropriate happened while I was there. I'll tell you all about it in the after show. But, Bobby, God bless you. God love you. Thanks for having a laugh with us today. And you might win. You'll have to tune in tomorrow to find out. Thank you very much. God bless you. Have a great day, Bobby. Going to put you on hold. That's going to do it for the radio site. Tomorrow, we're going to have a fun show with the Hillbilly Thomas. Talking about bluegrass music and Dominican theology. All that coming up tomorrow. Join us in the after show if you can. GRNonline.com forward slash CDT. Hang out with us on one of the live video chats and comment directly. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice. And giving you thanks, he said the blessing and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. 
Do this in memory of me. Mysterium Fidei As we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church, and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. God, have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who show the light of your truth to those who go astray, so that they may return to the right path, give all who for the faith they profess are accounted Christians the grace to reject whatever is contrary to the name of Christ and to strive after all that does it honor. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The way of the just is smooth. The path of the just you make level. Yes, for your way and your judgments, O Lord, we look to you. Your name and your title are the desire of our souls. My soul yearns for you in the night. Yes, my spirit within me keeps vigil for you. When your judgment dawns upon the earth, the world's inhabitants learn justice. O Lord, you mete out peace to us, for it is you who have accomplished all we have done. O Lord, oppressed by your punishment, we cried out in anguish under your chastising. As a woman about to give birth, rise and cries out in her pains, so were we in your presence, O Lord. We conceived and writhed in pain, giving birth to wind. Salvation we have not achieved for the earth. The inhabitants of the world cannot bring it forth. But your dead shall live, their corpses shall rise. Awake and sing, you who lie in the dust. For your dew is a dew of light, and the land of shades gives birth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. From heaven the Lord looks down on the earth. 
From heaven the Lord looks down on the earth. You, O Lord, abide forever, and your name through all generations. You will arise and have mercy on Zion, for it is time to pity her. For her stones are dear to your servants, and her dust moves them to pity. From From heaven the Lord looks down on the earth. The nations shall revere your name, O Lord, and all the kings of the earth your glory. When the Lord has rebuilt Zion and appeared in his glory, when he has regarded the prayer of the destitute and not despised their prayer. From From heaven the Lord looks down on the earth. Let this be written for the generation to come, and let his future creatures praise the Lord. The Lord looked down from his holy height. From heaven he beheld the earth to hear the groaning of the prisoners, to release those doomed to die. From heaven the Lord looks down on the earth. Alleluia, 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 alleluia. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest, says the Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia, The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, o Lord. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. For my yoke is easy and my burden light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Anybody out there feeling labored and burdened? And a part of life, isn't it? Work is a part of life, and work and labor are one and the same. So life, of course, can be laborious and to a certain degree uh, burdensome. That's kind of part of our journey through life. Today's gospel really reminds us from the perspective in the first place of who do we go to in order to be relieved of our burdens? In other words, where do we seek our recreative and our restive activities? It's like the word recreation is, of course, built in the world recreated. You're trying to be made anew because the burdens and labors of life can be challenging, and we need to be able to refresh and to be replenished. Today's gospel, Jesus really invites us. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Uh, But he doesn't impose himself upon us. In other words, he gives a choice to us to say, well, you make your free choice where you want to go to be recreated, where you want to go to have your burdens and your labors eased, but always know that I'm here, and ultimately we know that Jesus is the place where we're going to find our ultimate ability to be replenished, recreated, and refreshed from the burdens of life. I always think the 
greatest apart, of course, from going to Mass, but that the greatest activity we can do to be recreative is really the contemplation of God, to be able to contemplate truth. Uh, this ultimately is what we were made for. This is what our minds were made for, to be able to know God and contemplate Him so that we can love Him. And this is the greatest restorative, recreative activity that we human beings can participate in because we were made for God and nothing else. And therefore, it can be nice to watch a football game. It can be nice to do 101 different activities that we sometimes like. But if that becomes the sole place of our recreation, uh, it's never going to satisfy us. And in fact, in the end, it's going to feel even more burdensome because we'll be kicking ourselves to say, how come I didn't seek my refreshment in the right place instead of going to something that can't ultimately satisfy? Corollary to coming to Jesus to be relieved of our burdens, we also then have the fact of the Lord's invitation to take his yoke upon us. And whatever we do in life, in a way, we're taking a yoke upon us based upon what we are dedicating our lives to. If you are going after the pursuit of money as the number one goal of your life, well, that's a kind of yoke that you're taking upon yourself, and it is going to carry with it its own burdens and challenges and is not going to have much rest for the weary at the end of that road. The yoke of Jesus is really the yoke of discipleship. It is the yoke of following him, which means, yes, uh, taking up the cross, which the Lord himself carried and helps us to carry. It means following after him and dedicating our lives to the pathway that the Savior maps out for us as the way, the truth, and the life. Um, but in taking the yoke of the Lord upon us, ultimately what we discover in life is a peace, a happiness, and fulfillment, which comes from committing ourselves wholeheartedly to the Lord, because again, this is precisely what we were made for. And so my brothers and sisters, as we go forward today, let us ask God for the grace that we would honestly reflect where we go to to be restored and refreshed and replenished in life. Let us ask for the grace that we would always turn to the Lord in our relationship with him in prayer, and particularly to be able to contemplate the truth of who God is. And let us ask God for the grace that we would always choose to take the yoke of Jesus upon ourselves, to follow him, to disciple him with all of our heart, knowing that he is the only one who grants true rest and peace, even in this world and in the next. Amen. Trusting in our Father's love and mercy, let us bring our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, and for all bishops, for their physical and spiritual needs, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for government leaders, that they would be guided by the wisdom and counsel of the Holy Spirit to enact just laws that safeguard and protect the dignity of human life at every phase and laws which never contradict the natural law of God. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick and the suffering, that they would be given consolation in their faith and experience the healing touch of Jesus Christ. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our family, friends, and benefactors, for all those who have asked for our prayers, for those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio Media, and for those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayers. We pray for an increase in vocations to the priesthood and religious life. 
we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And for those intentions that we hold in our heart, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. Love divine, all loves excelling, joy of heaven to earth come down. Fix in us thy humble dwelling, all thy faithful mercies crown. Jesus, thou art all compassion, pure, unbounded love thou art. Visit us with thy salvation, enter every trembling heart. Come, Almighty, to deliver, let us all thy grace receive. Suddenly return, and never, never more thy temples leave. Thee we would be always blessing, serve Thee as Thy hosts above. Pray and praise Thee without ceasing, glory in Thy perfect love. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice of your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Look upon the offerings of the church, O Lord, as she makes her prayer to you, and grant that when consumed by those who believe, they may bring ever greater holiness through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just. Our duty and our salvation always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, almighty and eternal God, for in goodness you created man, and when he was justly condemned, in mercy you redeemed him through Christ our Lord. Through him the angels praise your majesty, Dominions adore, and powers tremble before you. 
Heaven and the virtues of heaven and the blessed seraphim worship together with exaltation. May our voices, we pray, join with theirs in humble praise as we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Abbaot, Plenis Unt Celia Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna, in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. And you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, save us, Savior of the world. For by your cross and resurrection, you have set us free. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church, and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. Grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with his Holy Spirit may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, 
advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth with your servant Francis our Pope and Michael our Bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory. Through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. formati. Audemus in dicere, Pater Noster, quies in cevis, sanctifice tuor nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in cevlo et in terra, panem nostrum quotidianum, Da nobis hodie, et imite nobis evita nostra, sicut et nos imitimus, debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amahalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatam undi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatam undi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccatam undi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. 
Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Consume these gifts, we pray, O Lord, that by our participation in this mystery, its saving effects upon us may grow through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our Lady of the most holy trinity most holy immaculate virgin mary you are the mother of god himself you Queen of all creation, you are the keeper of heaven's treasure, you are our help and protection. Grant us your The prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan 
and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Celebrating 2,000 years of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Hey there, if you're not a Catholic, thank you so much for listening.